What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to Living Electric. We're here with not one, but two guests today. We're, we've got a return guest in Misco Electric. Welcome back to the show. And we're also joined by Ryan Levinson from the Kilowatts. So welcome to both of you to Living Electric. Thanks for having us. Thank, thanks for having us. Good to be back. Yeah. And uh, so we're going to cover a lot tonight. I know all of us are very engaged on the, the EV side of the world. Um, so... I think the main reason we want to chat with you today is uh, Charge Across America. I know you both uh, were both on that show and really want to hear that story and kind of what uh, what got you into that. Absolutely. We can share whatever you want to hear. So, yeah, happy to, happy to share <laughs> our, our fun little 10-day-long experience driving across the country in the EVs. I can't believe that was a year ago. Was it really? Is that, that right? already a year ago? Since October? we actually filmed? So, wow. like, just barely. But yeah, wow, almost. I mean, my calendar is a little off. Too much. No, but it's, it, it's closer to it. It's closer to a year than not a year. So right, right. Yeah, I, I feel like this year has just like flown by. I, I was as I was preparing for tonight's episode, I rewatched Charge Across America, and I'm like, oh, it's on Vimeo now. So like that was really, <laughs> really nice to see that. <laughs> yeah, but, that was, that was um, before that we was dive a big into, deal. Oh, oh did it have it on Vimeo? Yeah, just because they only showed it on TV like four times, uh, and then it was no longer on TV, and you couldn't access it anywhere. So I'm so glad that now, you know, people if they want to, you know, jump back into that and reflect or see it for the first time for a lot of people, they can. Right. Yeah, I thought it was perfect timing because they literally just uploaded it last week. So I'm like, oh, this is great <laughs> for tonight's episode. But before we dive into that, um, you know, Miss Electric, I know you've been on our uh, show before, and Ryan, this is your first time. Do you guys want to give us some introductions to our listeners? Sure, I'll go first, I guess. You guys, okay. <laughs> uh, if you haven't seen the last episode that I was on with these guys, um, I, for a living, I am a product trainer and a product specialist. So uh, automotive companies will hire me to go out when a new product is coming out and educate the masses, whether that be consumers or dealers or their employees. And uh, when the pandemic hit, it created an opportunity to bring my craft to the internet. So I started the Misco Electric brand and YouTube channel and have been uh, focusing on creating content while I'm now back at work a little bit. So, yeah. That's, awesome. That's great. And then for me, um, I kind of worked at Tesla for several years. And at the beginning of the pandemic, I realized I was kind of plateauing. Uh, I'm an extrovert and I realized working remote wasn't really going to work for me. And so I made a choice that, you know, now more than ever, I had an opportunity. And so I, I had been telling stories uh, for Tesla, but more on the recruiting side. Uh, I'd done a little bit of storytelling for Tesla as a brand externally on the product side, but I was like, I want to do more of that. And I want to get more people excited about EVs and also help them understand what the difference between like basically like a good ground up design EV looked like compared to a, you know, less good, more compliance, you know, an EV design just to appease the governments. Uh, and, and sometimes those can be good, but for the most part, um, you know, it, it's pretty clear to me that there are a ground up design is often the way to design an EV. And, and so again, telling those stories, helping people understand why EVs aren't just like an alternative, but really like what they should want and be excited about. And so, uh, yeah, the kilowatts was kind of launched to do that and to help pay the bills kind of more of that side, uh, I, I've got more of an accessibility side. So the kilowatts is accessibility uh, and information. Information is what you see on YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, and the accessibility side is what I do with Turo. And I've got now a fleet of, let's see, eight or nine uh, Teslas, one Rivian, and uh, a couple more coming in the, the near future. I've got a whole bunch reserved uh, <laughs> as we're scaling up operations to, to kind of, again, uh, address the accessibility side, get people in EVs for the first time, let them take it home and, and experience it. Oh, that's awesome. 50 plus cyber trucks, right? Coming. Yeah. 52 cyber trucks <laughs> and, and probably then some, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at what the uh, long-term business plan might look like. And I, you know, the sky's the limit, I think with uh, cyber trucks, those just look like they would be the best rental vehicle. And we can get into that later, but I mean, this, <laughs> yeah. this is probably more about uh, uh, looking backwards to Misco electric and my uh, experience with uh, Treasure Cross America. So that was, that was kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. Ryan used to own a Mach E, so that was part of his Turo fleet, and that's what we drove across the country for the Charge Across America rally. Right. Yeah. No. Right. It, yeah. it was it was a, it was a great vehicle to do that with, but also a challenging vehicle to do it with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, so I'm I'm curious with like the the background of like Charge Across America. Um, obviously, it's been almost a year since you guys have recorded this. Um, can you give our listeners kind of like how it started? How you guys? I, I know you guys met each other online, and that was your first time meeting in person. Can you give us a background? Yeah. So if you don't mind, I, I, I'll kick it Go off. Go ahead, Ryan. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, a, a lot of this came from in the same way that, you know, basically all of us met uh, as as we EV influencers do. We don't we don't all live in the same part of the country. And so, uh, <laughs> right. you know, just kind of chatting online, getting excited about different things. I had been talking to Misco Electric a, a little bit about just different projects that are different vehicles I was excited about. And uh, I was actually at the uh, Lucid uh you know, grand opening of their factory and and when I mean, they were rolling that first vehicle off the production line and she had reached out because i uh, got a picture with some of my great friends in the ev space you know all great people uh but she kind of highlighted that like hey uh where are the girls at this thing <laughs> <laughs> right and and i was like yeah you you, you make a good point there are, there was not a, you know i mean for what it's worth there are a lot of men in this industry and, and just from a, a probability standpoint if you picked five names out of a hat you're likely to pick out five men. Uh, and that's unfortunate. Uh, but when, when she reached out and said that, I was like, you know what, I, I want to do whatever I can to help change that. And at the same time, I was just starting these conversations about uh, Charge Across America with uh, Kristen, the, uh, I, I, don't, I want to call her the proprietor, but she was- Like uh, managing director. The managing director of Charge Across America. And I had expressed interest. I had offered kind of up my vehicle, if that would increase my odds of being able to participate. And she was looking for a Mustang Mach-E already. And so basically, yeah, pieces were falling into place. And I was thinking about the list of people that I would want to uh, do this with. And uh, yeah, Lacey just became the obvious choice very quickly. I was like, I could do it with my dad and have like a father-son story. I could do it with like some other friends who are very Tesla focused. Um, but I'm like, really at the end of the day, this is about, uh, you know, showing what's possible. And there's a pretty cool thing that like, you know, Lacey and I had never met before and it was just the, uh, like a, a great opportunity to get to know her and, and, and make a, a great strong connection in the CV space. Cause yeah, she's just a great contact to have. And it's been really fun having her out on the East coast, seeing things that I'm not seeing me in California. And um, yeah, no, it, it's really, it was an opportunity to create a friend. And I feel like that's what, what happened. So, and, and many Heck friends yeah. through the rest of the show, but yeah. Yep, couldn't have said it better myself. Good thing you picked a stranger. <laughs> <laughs> to, to be in the car with for 10 days, right? Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I, I think that that was what was so immediately noticeable to me watching it was just how much like on-screen chemistry you guys had immediately and just like how much knowledge you guys brought to the table. Did you guys feel that way like immediately when you first met? Because it, it was it was very. We noticeable. definitely had to <laughs> learn the boundaries of one another. Like we <laughs> really had to understand, like, oh, this is how this person operates, and this is how this person operates. And the the objective was to make sure that each driver drove fifty percent of the time. So it's not mm -hmm. like one person could just drive the whole time. So it's like he prefers a different different type of navigation than I do, and you know, I. It, so we kind of got into a system after like. I would say pretty quickly, like within the second day, we were like, okay, this is how we're going to try to operate. And of course, if we need to on the fly, make any changes, we will just do our best to make the most rational, logical decision at that moment. <laughs> I'll say yes. And to that. So yeah, the, the, the basic premise for those that are just kind of figure out what charge across America is, it was a 10 day rally race across the country. And so, yeah, there was a lot of like problem solving of like, where are we going to charge? When are we going to charge? Are we going to go for the bonus uh, uh, daily task? Or are we going to skip that in hopes that we you know, climb higher in the ranks? And it was, yeah, I, I agree, especially in like the first two or three days we, we figured out how to work with each other. But it was something where it's like, yeah, you know, you road tripping, you know, if you were to just to pick up any of your friends, it, it might already be challenging, but to pick up a stranger and have to learn the way that, I think for me, it was like Lacey and I, I was often like top down, like what is the, the, the result that we want for today, which sounds weird saying it, but I, that's how I think, <laughs> like what is the result that we want for today and how do we make that happen looking like backwards? And I found quickly that Lacey was kind of the opposite. She needed to know like, what are all the, and maybe I'm remembering this correctly, but I remember it being mm -hmm. that Lacey kind of builds like, what are the building blocks that could get us there and then choose 
which of the paths to go. And it was, it was a daily thing where we would both solve the problem in our own way, roughly <laughs> as quick as we could while someone was driving. We tried to feed the other person what they needed to hear to solve the problem the way that they need it. And then we'd hopefully agree on the, uh, the path to take. And most of the time we did, but there was, you know, sometimes it was like, hey, I gotta make a right turn here in three miles. Unless you tell me I'm gonna make that right turn, I I'm not gonna go straight. And uh, it, it was intense. It wasn't just, you know, <laughs> best friends, easy flowing from the get go. Right. That's true. And what was challenging is that, you know, we were, I would say already at a deficit just because of, you know, obviously the Mustang Mach-E is an awesome car, but when you are in a rally like this and you're against two Porsche Taycans um, <laughs> that can charge much faster than you and <laughs> right. hold it deeper in the pack, then you have to do literally everything that you can. You cannot mess up. You can't make any mistake in order to try to make it on top every day. And, you know, that it was, it was really hard <laughs> and stressful because we both really, really wanted to win. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think the way that I thought about it was like, you know, the, the Taycons are uh, like, for those in the know, it, it's a better, you know, grand touring vehicle. Like, and if you're trying to put on miles on a car, you're, you, a, a Taycon, as, as Lacey said, is better. But it, nothing was like cut and dry to everyone. It, this was almost, it felt like a pilot. And the mm. organizers wanted to make it fair and that ended up skewing things even further. So yeah, we were in the better set of cars, but we had multiple challenges from multiple sides trying to compete with vehicles that are, yes, the Taycan's factually better, but then also the rules that, uh, at least with this team figuring out how to make this work at, at a roughly fair level, that, yeah, it was, God, it was a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny because I asked, uh, I posted about the, video now being available on the internet because they just released it to their website on chargercrossamerica.com and so when i retweeted it i said oh who's ready for round two and brad and amanda who were the s people that got second place they were like no nope. <laughs> we're, we're gonna spoil it spoiler alert spoiler alert brad and amanda got second <laughs> they did <laughs> yeah it was um, a year ago if you haven't seen it yet yeah, it's right. on Nivea. i think we're past the, the embargo or whatever for yeah that's watching. exactly yes yeah but he was like yeah. nope not doing round two wow <laughs> i i just want to say if there's a round two i volunteer right? seriously like yeah they are trying I, to I'm do a round that. two that's for sure <laughs> i just talked to the managing really? director the other day and she said that they are I, I don't think it'll happen probably at, at least till next year just because of production constraints and getting, mm -hmm. you know, sponsors lined up and stuff like that. But they are talking about um, doing a round two. So oh. and potentially doing a like an OEM, like a solo o OEM version. So if say, for example, oh. this isn't real, but for example, if Ford wanted to have all their EVs in it, then they would do that or vice versa, any other. Wow. I like that oh, yeah. idea. Yeah, that'd be a level playing field. And there's definitely merits to that because, yeah, the level playing field, it was something where we had to, you know, really put our elbows out and our, our EV expertise to the limits in order to compete with these Tycons. And I, I could see if you've got yeah. you know, five of identical vehicles, then it, it, it really becomes strategy and plugging. And yeah, it, it changes the game entirely. Right. Were you the only group that were complete strangers? that met up like the day of the event no um don oh, and dennis right. okay i was trying to remember who and all that was it. it i think because everyone else yeah don and dennis the two old guys <laughs> their, the, their dynamic the was fun <laughs> yeah they were great yeah. Yeah. Uh, in the volkswagen 94 and again this is where the stories come in that, that you guys didn't get to see i mean there were th those right. guys had such great personalities and you know there were days that you thought oh these guys have given up already then the next day they <laughs> won it and they're like that was our plan all along. and you're like you guys, you're, you're, hmm. Like one oh, day that's they, so good. yeah, they showed up like four hours late and they like claimed that like, you know, just chilled and they were, they had decided they weren't going to win. And then the very next day, I think they, they beat everyone by an hour. <laughs> like, that's funny. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were the, awesome. the, the one scene that really comes to mind is when I think it was Dennis, he got out of the car and he just walked up to the time machine and everyone's like, come on, come on. And he's just like taking his time. I was like, I love that. <laughs> It was great. <laughs> so I do have a question about strategy because as I was rewatching it, I, I noticed that um, I think it was the Neon Nomads. They mentioned that their people are blocking the faster chargers. 
Is that just because of strategy or just because of people not knowing that those are more powerful chargers? Like, do you guys have, because they didn't really explain that. It was strategy. Was it strategy? Okay. Like even, I would say today, that would definitely not be kosher in the environment with so many more EVs on the road, even just now. Um, But all the chargers we were going to, there were pretty much, it was rare for anyone to be on the charger Mm -hmm. while we were there. So that's why we felt comfortable enough to do it. Because otherwise, EV etiquette, that's not a very nice thing to do. (laughs) (laughs) Because our our Mach-E could only take 150 kilowatt max. And uh, those Taycans could push way more. So we would try to jump on those 350s if we could get there first. Mm -hmm. And that was something that like, before we started, I hadn't thought about. And so like, again, like on camera, there's like a realization that I made. I'm like, maybe it was as we were leaving New York or maybe it was the next day. It was like, wait a second. If we pull up to a 250 kilowatt charger, being that the Mustang Mach-E cannot pull uh, more than 150, should we plug in to the 250? And it was a realization that yes, like that is like one of the only ways that we might win because it, it basically had the effect of leveling the playing field. Right. So there, there, yeah. there's just so many things that like, yeah, when you've got these different vehicles that pull different charge rates, um, you have to, I, I felt like playing dirty, but I realized like in a way it's, you, you also like, yeah. It was there's within just, the rules. It's yeah. Not, yeah. It's not just within <laughs> the rules, but it, it's, it's quite frankly, like the way the game had to be played. And it, I guess what frustrates me about that is that that is still, yeah, as you're saying, like it matters. And I don't think enough people even know, or, you know, if, if a charger's crowded when you first get there and then everyone else leaves, should you then move to the one that's more appropriate for your charge state? There's so many little things like that that you know are fascinating now, but I hope are also solved for the future. So that way that wouldn't be a strategy we could use. Again, it shouldn't it shouldn't matter that you've got an Ionic 5 versus a Mustang Mach-E. It should just charge as quick as possible. So I think you know, we're still early days with EVs, and that's what makes this kind of like fun and exciting and new, but also those fun and exciting and new things are reasons why people are maybe a, a more hesitant to buy EVs. So I'm hoping these things are, are more solved in the future. So it's not a thing where you have to think so much about where you plug in or which one you plug into. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I think it's realistic too, because like a lot of people who don't have the EV experience may not go up to a charger, be like, Oh, this is the one for me. You know, it's like a bolt, you know, parked at a green seven or, you know, a 350 kilowatt charger, <laughs> like, and, and they don't know. So like, I think it is realistic to kind of have that dynamic, you know, and not you, everyday drivers are going to know. You've done a lot to like actually communicate that with chargeways, is that right? Correct. Yep. Yeah. You know, it's stuff yeah. like that, that like there needs to be simple ways to communicate and, and for people to understand what the charging infrastructure looks like. Again, I hope that it's solved more on the hardware side that like, again, maybe the next generation of vehicles helps solve that. But even in the interim, there needs to be better communication and understanding between like, yeah, why would it was, it was something that even me as, as a EV expert was like a realization that like, Oh, I should not use my normal etiquette. In fact, I should use my etiquette in reverse here. And so that, <laughs> yeah. but, right. but like, yeah. again, I don't, I don't think people even know that there is etiquette because at, at a gas station, there's not etiquette other than once you're done filming, filling you, you, you know, you leave the spot. Well, don't block the diesel if you don't take diesel either. Oh, sure, sure. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. These things are more obvious to uh, gas and, and less obvious with electric at this point in time. Right. Yeah, I like your point about the hardware, though, because, like, ideally, every station's a 350. It doesn't matter which one you plug into. There shouldn't be, like, a... You shouldn't have to pick and choose which charger you're plugging in at at a site. Like, that just mm-hmm. confuses everybody. And so. in a weird way, Tesla... And I think that... Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead, Ryan. In a weird way, Tesla's kind of solved this in the inverse, where they also have different speeds of stations, but the car will, you know, route you to the right station. So, yes, well, you might have a 75, 150, or 250 charger, the car will, you know, direct you to that that general location rather than having it be different chargers at the same location. So, it's... uh, The the problem exists on both, but I I like Tesla's approach here, where it's... uh, once you're already at the location, any for the most part, any of the chargers that you plug into, you're, it's going to be the same difference. Right. Yeah, right. I was just going to say that um, n- now with the federal infrastructure plans getting pretty much shake shaked out, either shook out, can't talk. Um, <laughs> but they have all proposed their plans, and it looks like most of them are going with 150 kilowatt chargers yes. for the mm-hmm. infrastructure that has to be oh. built within those 50 miles of the highway corridors 
So I think that's the majority of what we will see. So it almost does kind of make it like a level playing field because they're all going to be right around that 150 mark. Yeah. That, and that's good, but I wish it was a bit more. I'm mean, like, as, as I think about <laughs> charging, 50 kilowatts is barely fast charging. Like, I'm surprised that that exists. 150 kilowatts is good if you're not power showing. And I don't know enough about if these uh, would be power showing. I, I, I guess EA, I don't think power shows the 150s. And then, um, Really, I, I would like to believe that 250 would be like a, the future focus, but maybe I'm I'm thinking too far ahead. Yeah, I yeah I've seen. Oh, go ahead, Alex. I was gonna say I I, I know the the plans like you were saying um, are it's 150 dedicated per port. So like it would have to be like at, no matter like which what cars are parked there, you have to get 150. That's that's Good. generally the rule. And that's going to be good, especially as we get these bigger, you know, trucks and whatnot online. Because right. yeah, if you're getting less than 150 for any of the big trucks, uh, it's it's going to be painful. Yeah, but I, I agree with you. I think it should be higher. But in the past, most government funding has started at a minimum of 50. So oh, <laughs> anything yeah, above point. that, anything above that, I feel like is a marked improvement. Um, and who knows, we may see like, all right this has been in place for five years. All right, we're bumping it up to 200 now. You've got to be above 200 if you want government funding. I could definitely see those goalposts kind of move as as we get get the mm. stations more built and out. And there also might be overachievers, you know, just because the, the minimum to get funding is 150 doesn't right? mean you won't deliver or something. Yeah, so you're, exactly, you're making good yeah. points. Thank you for highlighting <laughs> that. Yeah, <laughs> anything more than 50 is good because uh, right. 50 <laughs> is, is painfully slow for everyone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they're, and they're still installing 50 kilowatt chargers. Like I've seen some new EVgo stations in California go live that are 50 kilowatts. Oh yeah. But, but then like, then they'll pop up like, you know, all these 350 kilowatt stations and like, it's like, okay, you know, at least they're getting chargers in the ground. So, <laughs> right. but, but I, right. I have actually, I, I saw a LinkedIn post recently where they're kind of targeting 180 kilowatts is kind of the universal power output. I don't know if you've seen that, Alex, in your in your job, but um, I know Circle K, they're installing charging stations, and that's what they said their minimum is going to be is 180, because it's going to be the most universal uh, future-proof. Yeah, it's a good kind of middle ground that's like a little bit above 150, but then you've also got to take like charging curves into account, because like how long are you actually charging at 350 kilowatts? Like it's maybe for five minutes, like <laughs> you're not getting that peak rate, and sometimes it's not even worth it, like at least, especially budget wise. Cause I mean, budget rules, everything generally when you're putting these stations out is like, is it really worth it to bump it up to 350 when 150 gets the job done? Like for an extra, like 200 grand, like most people do the math and they're like, no, it's not, not anywhere close to worth it. So yeah, lots of decisions people have to make on that side for sure. I think you made a really good point uh, highlighting to me that, yeah, the, the uh, 150 is a great place to, for a lot of, like, for, for the base of the government. Right. You're right. Most most people in most situations, 150 uh, is going to be great, and so yeah, that, yeah. That, that hearing 150, 180, like yeah, most people are going to be really happy with that. Yeah. As also, just sorry, okay. go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> Keep interrupting I, I, everyone. I, I, was, I was gonna <laughs> I was gonna make a joke. I was gonna say as long as it's better than 50. No, <laughs> 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 I was just gonna say if, if we match dwell time and if people figure out that they don't have to keep plugged in for longer than what they need then we'll all be okay and happy yes. right <laughs> yeah exactly that, that's actually a good leeway back into charge across america because um mm. the, the one the one question i wanted to ask you guys when when you guys were charging i'm assuming you didn't do 20 to 80 you were leaving before Is we did that correct? 10 to 10 to 100 sometimes 101 we'd stay <laughs> for the next minute or two. <laughs> oh, good good i'm happy to hear that <laughs> that was one of the points of battle was how much buffer because he he drove the car a lot and was very comfortable with the buffer and mm -hmm. i wasn't sure exactly how it was going going to be with all the elements you know taken into consideration right because at one point when we were driving through i think it was like colorado or something like that um, we had such severe headwinds that if we did not like immediately stop and charge, then we wouldn't have made it to the last station. But we didn't know that until we were already like, actually, we didn't know that until we saw Neon Nomad slowing down. And we were like, <laughs> why are they doing that? <laughs> they, they left That's They left the previous charger with like two miles of range short, thinking that they had a buffer in the Porsche. But it was an uphill climb into the wind. And so like four miles, maybe even five miles before 
the freeway exit we needed, we saw them take a freeway exit. So um, that was wow. yeah, that was crazy. But it was it was a game of knowing your car one, and and the fact that it was my Mustang Marquis definitely helped us. And then I think the other thing that helped us, uh, at least from my perspective, was uh, I had just because I wanted to do this and I didn't know when I'd be able to. I had just done the uh, cannonball and I just set the EV cannonball oh. record. And I'm specifically going to call out Kyle Connor for uh, he had it with the Porsche Taycan <laughs> and I took it back in the Tesla uh, with the Model S. Um, and so I, th- I think like having some of that also recent experience, uh, like literally the week before, uh, helped me to to judge some of those environmental factors a little bit more clearly than even I would have if I had done it in the opposite order, if I'd done Charge Across America and then uh, the Cannonball, because both situations, the worst thing you can do is truly run out, but the second worst thing you could do is have too much charge, wait too long to charge. So it, it was, it, you know, that's, for anyone watching the show, it's something where you definitely, charging an EV is not as stressful as what we did. Uh, what, we, what we did was pushing <laughs> ourselves and the car to its limits on both ends, char- you know, getting as low as reasonably possible, charging up as quickly as possible, and unplugging as early as possible. So that's that's not that's not how people should approach it. They should, generally speaking, plug in at ten percent, unplug when they need to, or before eighty percent, and then go you know charge at another fast charger down the road. Right. What was the most common mistake either? you saw other people making or you've looked back and have realized now was a mistake throughout the, the 10 days. Well, Neon Nomads made quite a few mistakes. <laughs> Shade. Amanda, yeah, you didn't have to call anybody out specifically. Really but. <laughs> I felt really bad, but I know that Brad was really upset with her because she took a wrong turn at the very, very end. And the last day is what it came down to. It literally came down to like, what, 40 seconds or something like that, Ryan? Yeah. Because it, they were trying to leapfrog the other team in order to get a place above us and then secure the win. So, like, it... I mean, you couldn't make any mistakes in that <laughs> that forty seconds. The wrong turn. I mean, and probably it was, did it for them. And it was the day before too. I think it was the day before there was a charger that they thought it was like on the left, and it was after making a slow right hand turn with the road. You had to make like the immediate left, and we made the left. Uh, I think was it behind them, and they went one more up, and then made a left because there was almost an another immediate left, but they were stuck yeah. in the parking lot and had to come back. And we thought they'd yeah. You know, we thought they were messing with us and just were able to go on to the next charger 50 miles down the road. And mm. two minutes later, they pull in. And again, at this specific charge point charger, whoever plugs in first charges slightly faster than whoever plugs in second. So the fact that they made a wrong turn there, same thing. Mm. Wow. Wrong turns. There were so many. It was so I, many I little think- things. It was strategy. It was navigation. It, it wasn't really intense. Like there were mistakes made and... I think a combination between strategy and wrong turns is what led to their demise. You constantly <laughs> had to like double check everything. Like, okay, double check the charger status. Like, cause yeah. some of the stations, uh, there was actually a whole bank of chargers that were completely down in, I think it was Baker. So we ended up going to the EVgo station that was nearby, mm. but that EVgo station was brand new and it wasn't even posted on a lot of the charging app services. So the other team, went to a charge point that was down the road, whereas we went to the 350 that was Ooh. the EVgo station. So it was stuff like that, that if you didn't know to check all of the resources possible, right. then that could have set you back as well. And, and I think that the only reason why I even checked that was, again, because I'd just done the cannonball and seen that the Baker uh, Electro America was offline. I just mm. experienced, and I don't, I don't remember, maybe it was back online, but that's what made me look for better chargers and made us find the EVgo, which this EVgo station was brand new and it wasn't even like labeled which one was the 350. So we had to like plug into one, switch to another. Oh my God, I'm, I'm reliving some of these stresses now and it was, it was crazy. <laughs> well, so Ryan, that makes sense session. because I, it, was it, was it the large um, thermometer the thermometer station? one, yep. Okay, yep. yeah. So um, I, I, I've never been there, but I've seen photos, but I remember that clip very clearly because you were running around getting connectors. Is that why? Because <laughs> you didn't know the power output? 
Yep. Yeah, the, okay. the, 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 the new EVGO stations didn't have the stickers on them, and they weren't units that I had seen before, so I didn't know what to look for. Oh, and so we just plugged yeah. into the first one, and I, I think we thought that one was a 350, but maybe the credit card reader wasn't working on that one. And, uh, and so, yeah, we ended up plugging into another one. And, I, I mean, at the same time, there's, you know, just people just trying to go about their lives, trying to plug into uh, <laughs> Chargers 2, which, again, like, same thing with the Cannonball. Like, I had experience with the cannonball where I'm like, I've got $5 ready. If you'll wait to plug in kind of thing. We, yeah. I don't think we ever had to do that, but there was at that specific one. I think we were a little bit worried because someone pulled up and they didn't speak English. And we we're like, we really need that charger. And they're, Oh, okay. They're plugging into that one. We were safe. But yeah, if someone, <laughs> if they knew that that was a 350, they would, if they knew that was a 350, they may have plugged in there, but their specific vehicle would not have benefited from the 350. So I, it was, mm. it's all this like, you know, calculated risk, analysis do we unplug while we wait for them to plug in or yeah oh my gosh <laughs> did you have to help anybody with charging along the route i can't remember if that was in the show at all like anybody that was trying to charge their car and like you're just waiting for your car to charge yes yeah we i mean i, th I feel like that happened like pretty like if we saw people at a charger then that was what happened and, uh, and on top of that we even helped other competitors like uh, yeah at a certain point in time, it started to feel like there was a bit of a divide. And in, in a way, you also not only want the show to be successful and competitive, but you also need these other people. Like what ended up happening was um, the Mighty Morphin Power Racers uh, finished, again, that last 30 seconds before the Neon Nomads. They had to be competitive. They had to care. And so, you know, these are things that happened off camera at the hotels. And, you know, we're making friends here. And I was like, you know, we're looking at like the last day and I'm like, we, we did not think we were going to win. We had just kind of been messed up by the previous day uh, and, and, and just, uh, yeah, we, we needed them to do well. And I think they knew that and it didn't hurt them to stay competitive. At that point, they had no chance of winning. But by staying competitive on that last day, it made the difference. Like they, they literally could have just, you know, gotten burritos and chilled by the beach and then decided to pull in right before midnight. But because right. they didn't, that's that's the difference so in a way it's like you know the friends we the the, the the real victory was the friends we made along the way was the case with the mighty Morphin power rangers finishing before them because if they hadn't we definitely would have lost and again there was other things along the way where it helped to what i'm saying is i helped them to learn a little bit about charging because they never experienced evs before and towards the end right i think they realized what was at stake and it didn't cost them one way or the other so they're like we're gonna we're not gonna just take it easy we're gonna stay competitive today because we want to I think they knew they wanted to help us. <laughs> and gotcha. generally, you know, we're both EV educators. We, we want yeah. people to adopt the technology and we want people to learn like the intricacies. No, not everyone is going to want to, but we still like to deliver it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you just listen to us, we will tell you. <laughs> right. right. Um, so, you know, that was just kind of our, like our natural, like the, at times, we would start talking and then I, Ryan would go into a little bit more strategy detail and be like, Ryan, <laughs> like just take it down one notch. <laughs> don't give away I wanted to win so bad. Don't mess this up for us. <laughs> I wanted to win, but I also wanted to help out our friends and uh, yeah, basically people that didn't know about like, yeah. I'll give a shout out to a better route planner. That was kind of my thing. Once, once I felt like we were far enough ahead of any given team <laughs> uh, and this wasn't, was not intentional at the beginning, but looking back, it was like, Oh yeah, that makes sense. Um, but once I felt like we were far enough ahead where I, where we could keep a lead above a team, I would be like, Hey, have you heard of a better route planner? We're five days into this race across the country. You should probably check this app out. It's very effective and efficient. And that's how we're currently ahead of you is among other things, a better route planner. Right. I need to get them to sponsor me. They're they're That is a great tool. And uh, if, if anyone app. hasn't heard of it, yeah, definitely check out a better route planner. <laughs> definitely no matter what Do, ev i feel like i use it with my tesla still so it's like it's yeah. amazing yeah right no and it's integrated into a couple uh, like oems like polestar like it's it, a better route planner can't recommend it enough for new people using evs if you don't trust your your onboard system you should trust a better route planner it's it's great yeah apple carplay android auto yep it's right. how i planned my it's, it's how i planned it's my there. cannonball run the most recent attempt was all on a better route planner Right. You guys have to remember, I work for Chargeway, but yes, they they have a great tool. <laughs> no, and Chargeway is. It, it, I, I don't. I don't I mean, know. I'm just I think, joking. I, no, I think it was in both. 
I think most people should use both. Like they're, they're not, they're, I don't see them as competitors at this point. They're, they're both useful yeah. tools for understanding what's available to you and, and getting, yeah, getting the most out of your car. So use both. Oh yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, like you, I can't tell you how many apps I have on my phone. So <laughs> yeah, right. to be yeah. consolidated. Yeah. You know, I mean, the thing is with like the EV industry is that like at this moment you need those apps, you know, like there's not one, a one fit all mm-hmm. solution to help everything, you know, make everything easier. Um, which actually leads my question or leads into my question. Um, you know, some of like the new drivers who just like were getting into electric vehicles, um, at the end of the show, I was wondering, are they going to do a recap of like what people learned? Are people going electric now in terms of like the drivers on the show? Like, um, I'm we'll curious a, what like their feedback was. We'll have to do a reunion to find out. <laughs> yeah. I, I had talked to, um, so Craig and Janice, which, uh, who's in charge is the team, the mother, son, yep. um, Janice was like she loved the experience and craig did too they had a great time um but janice really was like i'm gonna buy an ev but at the time right after the show it was so hard to get i mean it's still hard to get product um so you know i was just telling her like if you don't buy used if you can't find anything used you know you're gonna have to wait for a while put an order in and get a car that way and um i i don't think she's gotten one yet because she was looking for a certain price point and it was right on the border of what she could uh, navigate with her budget but um she really wanted the monkey <laughs> yeah yeah and i i remember as we all co- look to ryan because <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I sold my monkey unfortunately in that situation and i, I, I guess I, I feel a little bit bad knowing that that's what she was looking for uh because the only reason why i sold mine was at the time like literally as the show was going, there was an open recall uh, that had just kicked off for the roof glass and the windshield glass for the urethane. There may, they may have not applied enough adhesive basically. Uh, and so we fortunately didn't have any issues with that. But as a Turo host, I was unable to host my vehicle for anywhere between one to six months. And one mm. month, totally fine. Six months financially, that's hugely detrimental. So right. I had to make the tough choice to get rid of that. And at the same time, uh, Model S had just become available to me. So it helped me to kind of open up the financing to make that purchase. Um, and then actually, I just like two weeks ago sold that Model S. So you know, <laughs> times, times move kind of fast, it seems. Uh, but yeah, no, I, th- I think there was a couple others that were convinced that their next car would be electric. So it would be kind of fun, especially like if and when that you know second round comes about for us to kind of get back together and have a podcast just to say like yeah what are you driving now what are your thoughts on electrification now because obviously like this was a mix i mean m- many people had difficulty activating chargers many people had uh chargers fail charge ports fail um uh, which they should ran not out of charge yeah, yeah should not yeah ran out of charge either for the first time in accidentally or intentionally uh, like you know trying to push it to the limits and so it Again, this isn't the average of what someone might expect to experience, but it was a stress test. And mm. people who have never driven EVs before being invited to a stress test of EVs have mixed feelings. So yeah, Janice, over the moon about it, but others might not be a, a, as much so. And so it would be fun to hear what their thoughts are now. And you know, I don't think they're going to enroll the same cast to do it uh, for, for round two necessarily. But uh, if there's a way for us to reflect upon that, we should do that. Absolutely. I, I think what they should do is since you, well, I'm not going to spoil it, but I think that you guys should come back and you guys should be the top challengers and uh, then like a whole new cast. And, you know, I think that'd be fun. And I think what they should do is they should allow Teslas, but they should not be allowed to use the supercharger network. They have w- to use the CCS adapter. I would agree with that. That was the biggest thing that like, again, I am very much a Tesla fan um, more than most people who explore the other side of the pond. I, 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 I'm very pro Tesla, but I'm also pro everyone else, um, uh, especially when they're non-compliance, you know, well-built EVs. Um, but yeah, it's something where I would love to participate again. Um, but I also recognize that like maybe it's five years down the road when they've done you know a bunch of other seasons and all the winners go. And I, I don't know what it could look like, but it, it feels like this is something where, yeah, there is discovery, there's learning curve. And I hope that there's more opportunities to show how this gets easier over time. 
Like in an right. ideal world, this show is almost laughably easy. It's it's just a drive across the country, and it feels like any other show. It doesn't even feel like an EV focused show. It just feels like Survivor for driving across the country. <laughs> right. So I'm excited by like what we did, but it also was much more challenging than it should be. And if you bring in Teslas, if you um, you know maybe maybe there's a different one three years down the road where it's only Teslas or you know um, charging infrastructure right now is one of the most important things to accelerate this transition and i hope that people see that our experience being imperfect is a highlight uh, of where we've gotten to but also where we need to get to yeah because we made it we i mean you can drive from coast to coast clearly (laughs) ryan's done it several times (laughs) yeah um so it's doable um you know the other thing that i felt like I wish there was more of more time for the show was more of the education side of things. And there was a little bit, but really there was so much opportunity to dive a little bit deeper on, you know, each day. And there was just so much footage. They had to cut so much down to be able to fit into a 45 minute segment. They could do like a six part series if they wanted to. That's how much footage they got. So. Um, there's a lot more opportunity and I really do hope that the education side of things would be more of the focus on the next go around to get people to understand more and also, you know, dive a little bit more into the characters because that to me, like uh, I loved it so much because of meeting all these guys, you know, it was so (laughs) much fun hanging out with them after, you know, the competition was over each day. Right. And, um, you know, I wish they would have shown uh, personalities a little bit more because that was a highlight for me. Yeah, Definitely. absolutely. Did the uh, did the showrunners provide any kind of? You mentioned like using all the apps and stuff. Like, did the showrunners give you any kind of support initially, or was it like just go figure it out? I'll, if you don't mind, I'll start that one. They didn't themselves know. In fact, okay. like the, the producer Kristen, it was her first time driving an EV. She because I, I, as the kilowatts helped sponsor the initial production, I offered a discount on my model Y for her to use, to get across the country. So they were, you know, in a way that's what helped them to stay ahead of us. Cause Tesla's generally have, uh, easier, smoother charging with more locations. Um, so, she, and, and she was able to charge at the middle of the night for what's not been said yet. We could not mm. charge between days, which you know, if you right. if you drive EVs, you charge you charge every night. Even when you're on the road, you find a hotel. You you know, you generally don't have those kinds of stressors. So she was able to stay ahead of us in my Tesla Model Y, but it was also her first time. So she, you know, really the producers didn't have that level of knowledge. So again, wow. in a big okay. way, as I saw people struggling or you know getting disheartened about their possibility for for competing, that's when I would try to share just like little tidbits uh, to to keep them excited about it because it was something where yeah if, unless you are dead set on trying to figure this out it, it was a little bit exhausting for some of the teams right yeah so else? ryan i do have <laughs> to follow up before we jump to another topic that i think that this is a good leeway into i need to know why were you running through the parking lot in michigan i think that was michigan because i've been to that charger in ypsilanti and there is no bathroom in that area <laughs> so i think that's why <laughs> why were you running even... that? Lacey, do you no remember? it was because so part of the to get points there was a lot of ways to get points every day and one of the ways was to get local food and in order to get oh. local food near the charging station you had to just hop on the charger and sometimes I would just like drop him, you know, closer towards the <laughs> intersection where their restaurant was. It had to be local. It couldn't be a chain. So right. sometimes those were quite a bit further away. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. a couple of times Ryan like booked it on foot to climb fences and stuff to go get the awesome. food while I charged <laughs> or vice versa. Um, so yeah, we, that was why, most of the time, why he was running. <laughs> we played every part of that game, We need a, we need a super though. cut of Ryan just running throughout the entire, right. <laughs> the entire yeah. show. It was, I mean, it, again, we played every part of that game, and it was strategy. It was, like, you know, in a way, that was something that, like, I, I'm a bit of a runner. I've, run, I've ran a marathon, several half marathons. So it was something like, like, yeah, we have to use everything we have with this car that is, again, it's not... The Mustang Marquee isn't leagues and bounds worse than the Porsche Taycan, but 
when you're we're also restricted on our speed so it's like you know when you set two cars off on the road other than stoplights uh hypothetically they should get to the end destination at the same point in time so if we ever were behind which we were at times we had to make up for that so yeah running across parking lots was my way of like how do we steal a couple minutes how do we you know, make sure that it's not the thing that puts us on the charger second is so that that right. 45 second difference that required me to run across the parking lot made all the difference for us getting on the charger first. That's okay. Awesome. Well, that, that's good to know because when, when we were watching it, there was like no explanation, but like, I remember <laughs> going to that charger and having, to, yeah, right. well, that, that Walmart closed down. So there's no 24 seven bathroom in that parking lot anymore. So in Ypsilanti, Michigan, so it's either the Popeyes, which is normally locked, or you have to run down the block to use the bathroom. Yes, you do. So I, yes, you do. I've been there, done that in the rain. It's uh, not a fun charging stop. And I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure that's part of the reason why I did it, too. I'm sure that I was running for multiple reasons. <laughs> well, made for a good show, so. Good. Yeah. Whereas, did you want to do another topic? I know we're getting close on time here. Did you want to wrap up? Oh, or? yes. Yeah. Um. So I know we only have like five minutes because you have a, a clean cutoff at, at six, Ryan. Um. I want to talk about the EV tax credit uh, that they that uh, President Biden just signed into law. Um. And I kind of want to give your get your opinions on it. I know it's a moving target right now. There's still a lot of things that we're all learning about it. Um. But I think the one main headache and concern for people is that it's going to impact EV sales and EV adoption. Um, I would love to know what you guys think about that. Well, I think it's interesting because I think it does a little bit of both. Right now, it's going to hurt more just because most of the EVs that are available on the market right now are above the um price tag or they're built somewhere else or they have the battery materials that are you know, a lot of it comes from China. So they are going to not qualify because of those things. And so although there are quite a few on the list that could qualify now, there's going to be a big shakeup and it is also like tiered. So that's the interesting thing is that, you know, once the law got signed, this first batch of things was approved. So like what's interesting is if you did sign a purchase agreement for a vehicle that you have on order but isn't coming until next year which would technically force it to qualify for the new ev tax credit and not the old one then um you know you 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 wouldn't be getting the any incentive because some of them just they don't qualify they're over the price tag there's an msrp cap or again the battery materials or they are not manufactured here so i think in the near term, it's not good because there are a lot of EVs that don't qualify, but ultimately I think it's going to force manufacturers to build cars here. Um, they'll also, you know, m make more affordable options uh, that are under the 50000 price tag for sedans and under eighty for the vans and SUVs and trucks and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, it's going to take some time and it's a 10-year plan so you know how, how fast can these automakers meet that on on where i'm coming from on it which i'm still learning about and i think it's it is this uh you know complex web of, of uh pluses and minuses and a few of the things that come to mind are like they are doing more to incentivize hydrogen which uh, you know, hydrogen for the most part is used as a battery. It's like a lithium ion battery. The hydrogen gas is used to power an electric motor. Uh, you know, there's a little bit of transitioning there, but um, my general stance on hydrogen as a battery for consumer electric vehicles is uh, not the best. I don't think that highly of it. And so I know that there's some increased incentives for that and for PHEVs, which uh, there's a you know general for those that I haven't heard there's like kind of two ways of thinking about uh, partial electric vehicles with, with gas is like you either get you either see it as the best of both worlds or the worst of both worlds and I'm of the camp that it's kind of the worst of both worlds but as a consumer it's hard to see that when you're making a transition normally you know we as humans don't like that much change and so why not you know walk your way slowly into it but you end up in a situation where you might buy an EV or sorry PHEV because of the tax incentives and there's a number of things that might not be the best in, with that. So things like 
most of those PHEVs have a range of 30 miles. And so it might not make sense for you to plug in overnight. Um, uh, if you do plug in overnight, you, you get that range and extra power for a little bit of your drive, but it might not be your whole drive. I think PHEVs only really make sense for people that their commute is within that range. And beyond that, it's only for like weekends that they use gas. But again, if you never use that, that PHEV for road trips, then you might have your gas go stale. You still have oil changes. You st- so you get all the negatives of having a gas car still, you know, maintenance and whatnot. Uh, and only a very few of the positives. And now suddenly you're getting this tax incentive that um, I really would have preferred to see cut. I, I think that so many of the EVs that are on the market today, with the exception of their current price point, are what people should be buying. Uh, like Most people would be very, very happy in any of the newer EVs to come out. Um, I'm thinking like the Ionic 5s of the world, the ID4s. You know, obviously Teslas are a little bit expensive right now and they don't qualify for the $7,500 federal tax credit. But again, we're seeing demand be so high. I, if I was to write this bill, I would have focused almost solely on, and I'm going to go back to the start of our conversation, like that, that high powered infrastructure. I, I just think that is going to make all of the world of difference for adoption. Money right. is a big part of it, but I think there's so much demand already. Um, and, and yes, they will be expensive for a few more years, but if we just provide infrastructure. Yeah. I think there's a combination in there, I'm sure, but uh, I would like to see more development on infrastructure first to just make it super accessible, uh, you know, an infrastructure from the energy generation and storage uh, and delivery uh, to me is just as important to the transition as some of the, especially the money going into a hydrogen or a PHEV. So there's still a lot I need to understand on who and what qualifies. And as I think Lacey kind of summed it up really well, uh, we are going to see some shifting strategies to deliver to those tax incentives and that'll probably be good. But yeah, in the short term, uh, there's a lot that doesn't work out. So we'll have to see. Yeah. Well, we'll Definitely. save, we'll save the rest of the discussion for part two. We'll have you guys back on. <laughs> um, but before we drop off, do you guys mind giving social shout outs and where people can find you guys? Sure. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> follow me at, uh, <laughs> okay. I'll go first. <laughs> follow me at miss go electric on Twitter, Instagram, pretty much anywhere on social media awesome. and youtube.com slash miss go electric. And for me, look up the kilowatts or just the word kilowatts without the vowels. Uh, and yeah, we're talking about everything EVs on any of the social channels. And then we're also on Turo, renting out that fleet here in the Bay Area and a couple cars up in Seattle. And can I just mention something real quick? Are we all going to Fully Charged Live? Uh, I'm not sh- yes. Alex, are you? I, I am trying to. I know a ton of people are going, so I would Alex, really like we'll to see you there. You. So I'm, pla- I'm planning on it. <laughs> yes, yes. And our listeners come will see us there. at Fully Charged Live. Come see us at Fully Charged yes. Live. We're going to be there right. September 10th it's and 11th. Like, I'm coming. Alex, you're coming. Yes. Sounds it's awesome. been decided. All right. She's <laughs> so good at that. She's so good at marketing. So that's the last thing. At every every person she met along the way got a card and like a badge. And she, oh my god, she's so good at that. I'm in marketing. Yes. What do you? I've still got this? my button. I've still got my button. That's I love what I've it. Been doing for forever. That's wonderful. <laughs> thanks for having us, guys. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Thanks so awesome. much. Thank you so much, guys.